0: Hey, welcome to another Michigan Maniacs Podcast. Your host, Adam Brewer. Hey, how you doing? And uh, before we go anywhere else, you can also find us at the at Michigan Man on Facebook. Uh, like I say, all the time I put uh, photos, interviews, uh, videos, anything that kind of is uh, interesting or... Uh, some maybe sometimes negative, it all just depends on the, the viewpoint of what the article was. Uh, awesome looking pictures. Also, we like to talk to one another there. If you want to talk to me, let me know how what you think of the show, what maybe else I could maybe include into the show. Uh, just remember, if I don't like your idea, I just won't use it. So no offense, it's my show. But I'll be honest, you guys have been very insightful. The ones who have come to me and, hey, do you ever think about this? Or, hey, I like how you do this. I really like how you did that. Um, I've used some of the stuff that people have said, and it's been all very positive. So feel free, guys. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, so I'm Adam Brewer, like I said. Uh, this is the bi-week epi- uh, episode 2 special. For us, uh, I'm used to doing two shows a week. I got a little behind the ball um, only because I had a comedy festival that I was uh, involved with, dealing with. I had a great time, by the way. Um, Did my, did the, actually did this episode last night when I was a little gooned up. Uh, Not how, not sure how great that, that episode would have been. I try to, to, uh, Publish it, and I must have screwed some up. So, by the hand of God, I think saved my butt from putting out probably a pretty awful episode. But this episode, uh, we're going to deal with uh, what my predictions were for the season coming up. Uh, if if you wanted to listen to that episode, it was episode three. I re-listened. I took down some of the notes that I that I had for that. So this way we can go over it now. Also, I want to go over a little brief history. Of, I mean, very brief. Like, I may uh, between Michigan Ohio State over the last 20, 40 years. That'd be it. And then, as in just record. And then, because it leads up to my whole prediction of Urban Meyer leaving. And there's way more information than I, th- like, well, there's way more to that than I actually thought was credible. I just. Uh, picked up on some things last year that I thought were noticeable and I just uh, I just put out that theory and I really think it has some motion now some some teeth as they say uh, so let's get into it uh, what, what I thought happened for this year are my year's predictions right now most of the time the scores weren't anywhere right but and they were in the same spirit. You know, I may not have got the score absolutely correct, but like I said, if I thought it was a blowout, the score I predicted was usually in that in that vein. Um, so starting off with Notre Dame, I thought we were going to have uh, an easier road with Notre Dame, only because I figured we'd play the same kind of Florida game that we did uh, last year, you know, because we were pretty focused in that one game, I have to admit. Uh but nope well, I said we we're gonna win thirty one seventeen actual score we lost twenty four seventeen um second came western michigan i picked fifty one twenty seven pretty close uh s m u forty five ten was my prediction very close once again uh nebraska I said we we're gonna dominate them forty two twenty i mean that was even i was a little too generous on that. Uh, Northwestern, I thought for sure we'd have an way easier time. Uh, and this is also the game that I quit putting down scores for why we'd win or predicting out the outcome. <clears throat> um, I I said we are going to win 31-3, and then later I also put on Michigan Man that we'd win like 50... Fifty something to ten, or fifty something to seventeen. It was pretty bad. Uh, we barely won twenty to seventeen. That was a, that was a very important game, but not as important as ones coming up later. Uh, Maryland, I picked fifty to ten, pretty close. Wisconsin, I said it would be a dogfight. Uh, it just basically be like the last year's street fight we had with, or two years that we had with them. Even last year up until Peters got knocked out and then to the middle to late third third quarter, we were winning that game, and it was fairly close. But I said we'd win 17-10. to uh, You know, actual score, like I always like to say, it's 38-13, which was quite the beatdown. I mean, it was 38-7, right? Yeah, 38 38- Seven or thirty, yeah, 38-7, all going all the way into the like the fourth. So, garbage time six doesn't really help much. Um, MSU or Sparte, stupid little brother. I said we'd win 35-17. I also said that this was going to be a season definer, the season defining game for us. And I still stand by that. I still think that this is the one that if we fast forward, say, five years, and let's just say, okay, that we've won a few Big Ten titles, we've won a national title, and things are looking really good for us. We could go back to two games, but mainly one of them right now was that Michigan State game. Yeah, we dicked around a little in between the the first touchdown we had and the and the second touchdown we had where we wasted opportunities in there and you know on their side of the field throughout the first co- you know the first half um but I think it had to be that way it had to be the dogfight. it had to be the backyard brawl it had to be everything it needed to be s- salty spicy angry heat all that so we can finally believe in ourselves. So the coach could finally be the coach again. Uh, We just needed something like that. I think that really finally unleashed everything we could do. But that pilot light would not have been lit if it wasn't for the Northwestern game. I think our our pilot light was out in big games. Just non-existent. And even though we had to struggle against a team like Northwestern, lighting that pilot light saying no matter if we're on the road down 17 we have the belief in ourselves we have the talent we have the coaching we have everything we need to come back and and be a team and win that game and that lit the pilot light and then just the it, and then it just intensified with that Michigan State win and it just solidified everything we need to know about ourselves this season that we're not going to go down unless it's a fucking you're going to have to come in and beat us up you're going to have to try to take the game from us we're not trying to win the game you're trying to beat us that's what it is you're trying to take the game from us because we've already won That's the attitude we used to have. That's the attitude we had in 97. That's the attitude that's going to take us into this fucking playoff. And I'll be damned if I tell you something right now. I know I might be getting ahead of myself. But I think this will be the same attitude that will lead us to beat Alabama and play Clemson or whoever for the national title. And that's what will help us win this national title. The belief in ourselves that we can do it. And God, whoa, slow us down. Nobody can stop us if we beat Alabama. I know that's a pretty big word, so they look pretty great right now. But I'll be honest, who have they played? Nobody. They have played zero people that are hard or have any, some, any kind of talent. We'll find out next week when they play LSU. What team they really are? They haven't. Their quarterback hasn't even seen a fourth quarter yet, and you're telling me they're the, that they're great? No, no. Great teams win close games. Let's see. Let's see what a great team does when they play good teams and they dominate them. Those are great teams. These are. This is a powder puff team that has never been challenged and never been punched in the mouth. Well, guess what? We're going to punch them in the mouth. They haven't played a defense like us yet, so LSU is the closest thing and the most early, the most early uh, test that they get. So we'll see what's going to. We'll see what Alabama's got. Um. Also, so get, let's get back on track. Uh, the bye week, we killed the bye week, uh, dominated it. Uh, then uh, Penn State's coming in. I'm not going to say what the score was because obviously that will screw me over. But I also said that uh, Penn State was a paper tiger and that they will lose about the same amount of games that we lost last year because they just don't have the people. And it's it's understandable. One, they lost Had their offensive coordinator, who actually was probably the brains behind the whole situation. I think uh, whatever their head coach, Baldy over there, um, kid uh, from Key and Peel. I mean, I don't know if you ever saw it, but the actor from Key and Peel, the tall, skinny one, the bald one, actually played this guy and kind of fooled the team for a little bit. You know, a little fun fun. Anyways, uh, Mr. Key and Peel over there, I don't think he, he, you know, he can inspire people. You know, he can look stern with his glasses on, whatever. But I don't think he's much of a game plan guy because I'll be honest, I watched that Penn State-Ohio State game. He, in the last closing seconds of that game, they could have won. They really could have won. But on a fourth down, he called, I don't know how many, he wasted all his time out on one play. And you know what that play was? Now, granted, this whole game, McSorley's been gouging Ohio State, gouging them for at least seven yards per attempt. All they needed to get was a yard. <coughs> he goes with the handoff. And you know how good that was? Uh, they stopped it immediately. I think they even lost two yards. So I'm not, I'm not impressed with his game planning abilities. Uh... McSorley's good. I mean, he's a feisty little guy, man. I mean, he's fighting for everything he's got. Um, But he's kind of dinged up. Uh, They played Iowa this week. Iowa was the fifth-ranked team, fifth-ranked defense in the nation, by the way. I looked that up. Fifth-ranked defense in the nation. And they allowed fucking Penn State to score 31 points. So all that tells me is that Iowa hasn't played anybody. Iowa has not played anybody yet of note, and then they play Penn State, and Penn State looks good. I know Penn State is going to be somewhat dangerous because they have that number one kid. Um, They also have a 24. Their running back's pretty decent. I wouldn't say he's dominating. Uh, He's decent. But if we can stop Jonathan Taylor, we can't stop this kid? We, We destroyed L.C. Scott. We can't stop this kid? Come on. That number one kid runs a lot of slants. He, Yeah, if you, let, if you can't guard him, he can get behind you and McSorley can hit him for a deep play. Sure, they, they'll probably run some uh, reverses and shit we'll have to be aware of. Some whatever. You know, some screens or what have you. But, come on. We have the number one defense in scoring, in offense, uh, or in rush and in pass. The number one defense in the nation. Brandon Watson, David Long, come on, man, LaVert Hill. That's just to say a few. You know, I mean, come on. Come on, man. I don't see it happening this year for them. They don't have Golickney or Galacky or whatever it is. That kid's, that kid's one of the most talented tight ends I've ever seen play the game, by the way. Number 88, he plays for the Miami Dolphins now. The kid's going to be a beast in a few years for Miami. Super talented. Um, but he's not there anymore. He can't go and catch those awful passes by McSorley and make McSorley look like a genius. And then they don't have Barkley. Come on, man. Come on. We, we should win, and it should be maybe a replay of 2016. Um, anyway getting on back to the i keep being i keep getting let off the stream sorry getting back to the schedule i predicted 55 10 the record we'll see what oh i said i said a score damn it um then indiana comes into town um yeah i, I think we want i think we win. I gave two scores on that one. I, I, I don't know which, I don't know which Michigan team is going to play Indiana. I already know which Indiana team is going to come play. Indiana is the one of the most miserable, mediocre teams in the land, but somehow plays 200 percent better when they play us. All right, they lost to Minnesota this week, like 31 38 to Minnesota. So. Yeah, we should work their ass. But for the last three years, it's been a super close fight. I don't know what's going to happen this year. I I think, I truly believe we'll blow them out, but I don't know. I, I really don't know. And when I predicted, I gave two different answers. One super close, well, not super close, but manageable. And one where I, well I just thought we'd blow them out. Now this leads to Ohio State. Um... I really I do I I do believe we're gonna kill him this year. I thought that before I could give you the scores, but I'm not because I'm I'm superstitious. Uh we just I we could I just have had this feeling. The last couple of years I've I've watched Ohio State disintegrate. I've watched Urban Meyer disintegrate in everything he says and does. I've watched him uh, give over all his all his uh, coaching duties to his team. If you've been listening to any of that guy's press conferences, you can hear him setting up his way out. This lead this is a perfect lead in for us right now. I want to go over. I'm going to go over uh, his way out. Like in Florida, he got there. He spent six years in Florida. Six. All right. He was the most dominating team in the SEC when he got there. Huh. Boy, that's weird. That sounds a lot like what he, who he was when he got to Ohio State. Um, they, you know, they won, I think, two national titles there. Had Tim Tebow. Had the Thugs. Had Bone Bone Thugs and Harmony. I mean, he had the Pouncey Brothers. He had Aaron Hernandez. He had... Um, What's his name? Percy Percy Harvin. I mean, you, these guys are hardcore. Hardcore thugs. Um, so they win, they win, and then finally the, finally the SEC starts to take shape. Les Miles gets hired at LSU. Starts to become a real pain in the ass. They're still beating LSU, but they're not beating by by the... By the succession or by the the amount they used to, you know, that's getting a little bit harder. Then Saban comes in. Saban came in, and then started to cause real havoc. Now, even though at the beginning, uh, Florida was having their way with with uh, Alabama because Alabama stunk for the first two years, they won they won their national title, but that was like uh, Saban's third year in. Not a lot of people understand that. So the people thought that Saban got there and they won national titles. I think they were 7-5 and five the first year Saban was there. Uh, I'd like to give you an idea. 2000, now, 2010 is when he leaves. Okay, that marks the sixth year at, at Florida. But 2008, Gators win, beat Bama 31-20. 2009, Bama beats the Gators for the first time. 2010, oh, 2009, Bama beats the Gators 32-13. It's 2010, Bama beats the Gators once again, 31-6. But in 2010, they had some key losses that year. They lost to Alabama, to LSU, and let me see, there was one other one. Oh, and to Florida State. Three teams he lost to in that, in that stretch of time. Three. This could be the same thing heading his way. He's got, well, he's already lost to Purdue. Who knew that was going to happen? I mean, I thought Purdue was good. Don't get me wrong. I like Purdue because I, I, love, I love that number four. Uh, but, I mean, come on, people. And I'll talk more about what we saw in the Big Ten this week here in a minute. But around his sixth season at Florida, Also, Zach Smith does his first phony baloney stuff. Well, actually, he started in 2009. 2009, Zach Smith pops up and starts fucking around and beating his wife and stuff. (laughs) 2010, it starts to rear its ugly head again. But 2010, uh, Urban Meyer had already set up his fake heart disease. Uh, and he, then he quits after the 2010 season. Takes two years off. Okay, then he goes to Ohio State. Now at Ohio State came in toughest team in the Big Ten. Started winning everything right away. National title, a couple Big Ten titles. Uh, things are looking eerily similar to Florida. Then guess what? Has, guess what starts to happen? Big Ten starts to really get better. Wisconsin hires the oh. Wisconsin hires the right guy. Um, let's see here. Uh, Jim Harbaugh comes around. Dan Tony starts to sneak in a few wins. So right now you uh, they get uh, they get Mr. Key and Peel over at Penn State. You know a lot of things are happening. A lot of things that he doesn't like. He likes to be a big a big team and a big conference all by himself. He doesn't want to have to compete with nobody. Now, in the last couple years, he has been blown out. Blown out by a few teams. Penn State got him in 2016. Uh, Iowa got him last year. And Purdue got him this year. He hasn't won. He he won a Big Ten title, what, two years ago? Uh, Yeah, no, it wasn't even two years ago. Did he win it last year? Yeah, he won it last year. But he didn't go to the playoff. Uh Uh-oh. Not a good sign, and then he has only dominated Michigan once. He's yes, they've beat us three times. That's fine, but uh, more than likely, once he's out and he's gone, don't be surprised if the, we find out that the refs were paid off in that in that 2016 game. Now, I love to blame things on the ref, and if you go back and look at that game, it is obvious that they were fanboying out of the Ohio State guys. They loved them, and they were calling awful, awful penalties, refused to call penalties on them, which were obvious penalties. Go back and just watch it. You could see it. Like every Michigan fan, I know you've seen it two or three times, but I can't blame our loss on them. I would love to, love to. I know that that was... uh, a major component to our losing. But, like I said once, I'll say it again. Wilton Spate sucked ding-dong in big games. Iowa, insert penis and two-mouth. But then again, that was our running game as well. Davion Smith never answered the bell. He only came up big against teams you wouldn't, you know, you weren't expecting him to play well against. Or just, or he should have played well against. Let's just put it that way. BYU had that huge run where he ran through eighteen people, did a spin, scored a touchdown. Great, great game. We're almost, we would have almost lost to Indiana. All of a sudden, he decides he's Davion Smith and he's going to run all over Indiana. Well, you should do that. You're Davion Smith. He was a grown man. He looked like fucking. uh, Oh man, Adrian Peterson. He was a big dude. And then we had Ty, Ty Isaac. Same thing. I've never seen two big guys so, such prima donnas. Now, granted, more than likely, the offensive line wasn't that great back then. But still, they were opening up enough holes. And you're a big man. You can't get out of the fucking, the, in the Iowa two-yard line. You can't get back there. You We got to get a safety, dude. Come on. You know, so I, there are plenty of reasons why we lost Ohio State. And one of them is we didn't answer the bell when we needed to. Wilton Spate scores that touchdown on the two-yard line instead of fumbling it. Boom. Uh, Wilton Spate doesn't throw an interception for a touchdown. Boom. You know, I mean, there's so many other times. And then, let's face it, and then last year, that was the cornhole game. Man, uh, Peters, Brandon Peters gets knocked out, ambulance, and in the, in the game before against Wisconsin. And then we've got fucking oh, the king of the interception, the... I look like I'm about to cry because I don't know what I'm doing every second I'm on the field, John O'Corn. And sure, our offensive line wasn't great last year, but I'm sorry, John O'Corn was awful. He was the worst, the worst. And that's the thing, if I know I was that bad, if I was John O'Corn and I knew I was that bad, I would just have Malzone play. Because let's face it, dude, he did awful against Michigan State. Five turnovers against Michigan State. What was he possibly going to do against Ohio State? At least Malzone, if we lost against Ohio State, Malzone can say, well, I hadn't played all fucking season. You know what I mean? Shit, man, I'd take Dylan McCaffrey. Fuck, we had Dylan McCaffrey sitting on the goddamn bench. I don't know what Dylan McCaffrey was like last year. I don't know if he made a huge leap over practices, but fuck man, I would have rather had Dylan McCaffrey in that game than John O.'Corn. John I can't even believe. I used to want John O'Corn to play just because I didn't. I was not a fan of Wilton Spate. Wilton Spate threw one of the best deep balls, though. When he stepped back and he had time to throw a deep ball, it was beautiful and it was on target. That was the one thing that I really admired about uh, Wilton Spate was he could throw that deep ball. John O'Corn couldn't throw five feet in front of him. John O'Corn acted as if he had never seen a football before. And whoa, what am I supposed to do with this? Am I supposed to throw it to everybody on the other team? Well, I can know I can do that. I know I can't hit people five feet from me on my team, but I can sure as hell fucking throw it, and those guys on the other team can finger fucking fingertip catch them. It doesn't that count for anything, guys? So we got O'Corned last year, but up until O'Corn realized that he was O'Corn and he was going to just cornhole us. How many times can I say corn in a in a in a bit of my rant? Um. We were actually winning that game. (laughs) So, you know, if we had a real quarterback, we would have won that game. If we would have had a real quarterback, if we had Shea Patterson in 2016, we would be talking right now about how we are poised to get back into into another playoff run. If we had Shea Patterson last year, it might have been a whole fucking completely different year last year. Yeah, we would have lost to fucking Penn State because they throttled our ass. But uh, he would have gotten out of the way. Maybe he might might not have been put in an ambulance against Purdue. We would have won that game. Oh, we won that game. But I mean, you know, we would have done better against Michigan State for goddamn sure. And we would have done better against Ohio State. We would have done better against Wisconsin. So yeah, we were eight and five last year, but we were missing a key component—a good quarterback and an offensive line. Now we've got both. I know I was hard on the offensive line in the beginning of this season, but man, they have really stepped it up and they look fantastic and they deserve to hear how great they're doing because they really have been doing fantastic. I did not want Bushel Beatty to even play for most of the season, but man, he's really impressed me how he's turned everything around. He really looks like a he looks like he can play in the NFL. He finally looks like he's getting there. Ed Warner is a miracle worker, man. A miracle worker. Having these guys find their confidence. That's probably the biggest concern of an offensive line is when they don't have confidence. And I don't know if this team had confidence. Herbert Herbert helped them get their strength. And their endurance, because we are pounding people in the fourth quarter now. And that just doesn't go for our offensive line. That goes for our defense. Last year, our defense fades in the fourth quarter. That's another reason why we're going to beat Ohio State, is that we're not going to be tired anymore. We're not going to have Mike McCray, poor bastard, so tired. He can barely catch uh, uh, whatever that cat's name last year was for Ohio State, the quarterback. Um, I can't even stand Ohio State players. I don't even know why I want to remember their names. Um, anyways, but we're going to win. That's, that's all I'm going to say there. Though, getting back to uh, Urban Meyer, I'm sorry, guys, I go off on tangents. But uh, this is his sixth year at Ohio State. Guess well, who else just appeared out of nowhere to start showing his dick to everybody who matters or Started taking selfies with his dick in the fucking White House, Zach Smith. Zach Smith. Zach Smith showed up once again and started doing Zach Smith stuff. So as we all know, penis stuff. Um. And now he, all of a sudden, Urban Meyer's taking knees again. He, you know, he's got to take that medication because he can't really remember things. You know, now he's starting to look bewildered on the on the on the sideline like he's some old geezer who doesn't know what the fuck's going on like somehow he got lost from the home and now he found his way onto a football field i'm just looking for the van where's the home i know it's bingo night it's it's an act people my grandfather had parkinson's my grandfather anytime that he wanted people to pity him he just wouldn't take his medicine he knew how to play the game all right? That's what Urban Meyer is doing here. He's just playing a fake illness. So get ready. He, if he loses again before he plays Michigan, I don't think he'll be there for Michigan. I really do believe he'd rather rot in a cold hell than go and be the one Ohio State coach in the last 20 years that's lost to Michigan. Well, next to Luke Fickle. You know, Sweater Vest did a pretty good job and beating us senseless for long periods of time. Um, and then just our bad decision in coach making. I would like to see what what the record would be if we would have hired Les Miles and say we kept our fucking mouths shut Lloyd Carr and wanted to set a fucking thing and Les Miles would have come in instead of Rich Rod, Mr. Fast Break Basketball would have come in and ruined our goddamn uh, university. I really wonder what we would have looked like. Because I'm sure we, we'd, we'd still have Harbaugh. Because Les Miles, let's face it, eight years of Les Miles would have been perfect. It would have been a perfect amount of time. We would have probably won a few Big Ten titles. Uh, we'd be in way better shape for Harbaugh to take over. We probably would have won a national title our first year with Harbaugh. You know what I mean? Because Les Miles would have kept our, our team together not in shambles you know he would have won he probably would have won a national title he probably could have i mean i wouldn't doubt it he might not have found the, he might never have found a quarterback but we already had a ryan mallet so he could have done things with ryan mallet because he was a guru i mean he was ryan mallet are you kidding me dude ryan mallet left uh freaking man uh boy i can't even remember our wide receivers names anymore Anyways, we had Jason Avant, who would stay. um, And then uh, I can't even remember the kid's name. He went to the Giants, whatever. We had two really good wide receivers. We had had, uh, Ryan Mallett. We had everything we needed to continue a run. But as soon as Fast Break Richie Rod came in, started uh, changing them up, We lost everybody. Everybody went to the freaking NFL or transferred out. So anyways, I think we would have had a much different look to us. Um, And I definitely still think we would have had Harbaugh, but who knows where we've been right now. Uh, Thank you, Lloyd Carr, for opening your big mouth just because you don't like Les Miles. You're a complete asshole, Lloyd Carr. You won a national title, Lloyd Carr, basically off of uh, Gary Mueller's guys. Gary Mueller, what a great coach. What a great coach he was. Put together one hell of a team and watched Lloyd Carr just fucking stick his fingers up his butt and barely win a national title. Um, Anyways, uh, that's where we're at. I guarantee you if Urban Meyer loses one more game, he will not be, he'll find some way out. Head's looking bad right now. Tensions between him and the AD. Well, what a shocker, buddy. You go ahead and throw your AD under the bus, and now you wonder why things are so uh, so bad. Like, the tensions are high. Well, that's a, that's a head scratcher. Um, he's, he'll be gone. I think he takes a, another sabbatical, maybe another two years. And then you find him in Notre Dame. Guys, this is where he's going to go. He's going to go to Notre Dame. He, because it's everything that he could ever want in a college situation. All right. Now they're not as dirty. So he, that's the one drawback. I never, I never, I guess I never really thought, I thought he was a big phony baloney, but I never really thought he was as dirty as he really seems to be. And uh, this Zach Smith situation really opened my eyes to who Urban Meyer is. And then once I started to see that, then I started paying more attention to Florida and some of the weird stuff he did over there. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's out. He'll be gone. Uh, he'll, go to no- he'll go to Notre Dame because it's not in a conference. They have a handshake agreement with the ACC only because the basketball team's in the ACC. It's the only reason why they agree to play. So they'll still get, like, the Florida States. They'll still play the Clemsons, things like that. So they'll still have big games. You know, USC. Uh, they'll play Michigan still. Stuff like that. So he will still have. And then he has a whole TV channel. NBC exclusively only plays Notre Dame games, right? I think it's a, or at night or something. They only play Notre Dame. Notre Dame, you can only find them on NBC. You can to find them nowhere else. And then he still has the big budget to recruit and to do whatever he wants. It's a perfect system for him. Now, you know, maybe Notre Dame's dirtier than I think. Uh, but it we'll find out. You know, I, I don't. The rec- <laughs> There's two things that, that might stop that now that I've thought about it. The recruiting, uh, because you actually you can't be a moron and go to Notre Dame, unlike Ohio State and Florida. Um, also, uh, they may not be uh, as corrupt, but you never know. They've done some of their coaches pretty dirty, so I guess we'll see. Brian Kelly, you're you're put on watch, kid. Even if you even if you win a national title this year, let's say Notre Dame hold, pulls out the miracle and is able to w- stay undefeated, go into the playoff, and then if all things work out for us, us get into the national title game. And then them beat us for a second time, which I doubt would happen. Um, that only adds two more years to your contract, buddy. Uh, if they get a chance to get Urban Meyer, they're going to drop you like a hot potato, son. Um, I don't care if you've gone to two national title games. They ain't going to give a crap. They, if they get Urban Meyer, they're going to get him. So, uh, Brian Kelly, enjoy your time. your What's remaining of it at Notre Dame. Um, oh yeah, and then we'll close out with this. Uh, I wanted to see what this week held because this week was a big week for the for the Big Ten West. You know, you had uh, let's see, we had oh, uh, Penn State played Iowa, Michigan State played Purdue, Northwest played Wisconsin, and then I already told you Minnesota whooped up on Indiana. So, Penn State beating. Uh, beating Iowa thirty to twenty four. Like I said, I wasn't impressed. Iowa obviously hadn't played anybody tough, um, and then they lost. There's still there's still that Iowa team that people should only fear if you're playing them at home. And then uh, to Purdue became Purdue again. I mean, Michigan State had their second string quarterback in a laundry list of hurt individuals. And they just got beat down, domestic violence abuse level, from Michigan the week before. And <coughs> you still couldn't stop them. Ohio State, I, they don't even count as a real team anymore. But Michigan State's crafty, you know. They're one of those parasite teams that just, that's the way it goes. Um, so they won 23-13. I mean, you have number four. Blau is a good quarterback for Purdue, but he's not consistent enough to to make any real noise. So Purdue kind of shot themselves in the foot and uh, solidified that they're not going to the Big 12 tournament. But the one team that actually surprised me was Northwestern. Northwestern beat... Put a, uh, put a beat down on Wisconsin to a certain extent. 31-17. Now, Wisconsin didn't have their starting quarterback and had some people who were hurt. But overall, Northwestern hung in there and they did the they had to make the plays. They had to make the plays. Their running game still isn't that great. um, But their passer, I mean, you know, he's a great dude. He, Thorson's a good kid. He makes him some good reads some smart reads and he's got a good enough arm um so i think well, if i have to guess right now who's going to be coming out of the west i would have to say it's in northwestern for the first time in a while uh they're going to get in there and we're just going to whip their ass again so i don't have any doubt about it i think the only chance that northwestern has to win a big 10 title is if ohio state somehow beats us and then goes in, and they lay down. There's no way they can beat Northwestern, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think they're going to beat us. I think we're going to go into the horseshoe, and it's a reckoning. I'll tell you that. It's a reckoning. Like, Ohio State's me in my room, and I can hear my uh, mother coming with the strap, the belt, you know, like smacking it in the in the hallway. You know, so there's a reckoning coming, fellas. You know, head, like I, I see us as Kurt Russell in uh in Tombstone. Tell him hell's come. Tell him I'm coming, and tell him hell's coming with me. That's I see I see Harbaugh screaming that at a. Uh, and anybody who will listen, floating away in the distance, yelling that at Urban Meyer, hey, pal, before you take your last train ride out of here, just so you know, I'm coming. And hell's coming with me. And that's the whole Michigan offense and defense. We're going to whoop your ass, son. Um, so with that being said, guys, I hope this was a great episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode because I, I weirdly enjoyed it. I like this one. Um, once again i truly love doing this you guys have made this a lot more fun than i thought uh when i initially did this i didn't know if i wanted to have any fan interaction but it really has just made it a lot more fun to be a part of this season and just doing this in general so uh, i hope you enjoyed it uh you know it is always great to be a michigan wolverine and forever and always guys uh go blue